welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com. And it's really good to be back with you guys today. I know I've had a a little bit of a hiatus going on for a few weeks, and my husband and I had some traveling, but I'm so thankful to be back in my little podcast chair here and back in the office and recording them. I felt a little out of practice when I sat down today. And we have a really good topic today, one that I need desperately. Um, The Lord continues to grow me in, but we're going to talk about what it looks like to have a gentle spirit. Because we live in a world where it can be quick to pass judgments instead of seeing the best in others. Actually, that was the topic of conversation with my husband and I on the way to church today, how we continue to ask the Lord to help us to see the best in others and think the best before we make judgments in our minds. And then because of that, sometimes we can find ourselves expressing our opinions harshly when we differ from one another. Um, I think about watching debates between Christians online when there's a disagreement. And a lot of times it's really just social media I'm looking at, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, but it makes me cringe a bit when I see the responses towards one another and they're not gentle and kind. I mean, disagreement is inevitable, but there's a way as believers that God's word lays out for us what that should look like. There is the reality of being hurt by the words of others. And instead of taking the way of meekness, we take the route of defending our rights and not always in a very kind and gentle spirited way, right? Bringing it closer to home now here, my ladies, how are your, and I'm looking at myself on this too, how are your responses um, responses towards those you are closest to? So what does a gentle spirit look like in the context of your marriage or with your children? So let's define gentleness. And always, when I start a blog post or a podcast, I always have handy my little Blue Letter Bible app to define and look up cross-references. It's a great tool to have, and it's really, it's done the hard work for me, so I'm really grateful for it. But I'm looking at several passages that use the word gentleness or also translated as meekness. And if you're following along and you're, you want to keep up with the verses, because I'm obviously speaking, so it may be hard to just write this down, all these verses are in the show notes. So if you want to have the blog up, thankfulhomemaker.com and pop up episode 48, Cultivating Gentleness in the podcast show notes you can see all these verses I'm going to go through there. So I'll have them listed there for you. But the first one that I'm looking at, um, and I talked about the passages that will use the word gentleness are also translated as meekness. All right. So the word in first Peter three, three, four is going to be the first verse we look at. So first Peter three, four for gentleness is the same Greek word that's used in Matthew five, five for meekness. All right. And we always think of meekness as strength under control, right? So first Peter says, um, but let your adorning, this is first Peter three, four, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And Matthew five, five says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. So in these verses, the Greek word pros totally botched that and I should have, I didn't listen to it. On Blue Letter Bible, there's a cool little 
um, volume, you know, one of those little volume buttons you can click and it speaks the word to you. I did not do that ahead of time. So I feel a little unprepared, but it's the Greek word and it's spelled P-R-A-U-S and it's translated as gentleness or meekness. And it's the same Greek word used for that particular term in both those verses, even though Matthew 5, 5 uses it meek and first Peter uses gentle. So, all right. It's defined as a mildness of disposition a gentleness of spirit and humble. And in the Vines Dictionary, it goes further to say, gentle of a soothing disposition. I'm going to read a rather long quote for you. Again, this will be in the show notes. It's from the Outline of Biblical Usage. And I also took this from Blue Letter Bible. And it defines gentleness or meekness as meekness toward God is that disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good, and therefore without disputing or resisting. In the Old Testament, the meek are those wholly relying on God rather than their own strength to defend against injustice. Thus, meekness toward evil people means knowing God is permitting the injuries they inflict, that he is using them to purify his elect, and that he will deliver his elect in his time. And he references there Isaiah 41, 17 and Luke 18, 1 through 8. Gentleness or meekness is the opposite to self-assertiveness and self-interest. It stems from trust in God's goodness and control over the situation. The gentle person is not occupied with self at all. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, not of the human will. And the reference there is Galatians 5.23. Well, I probably could just end the podcast there because that pretty much summed it up, right? But I'm going to go a little further with you today. So meekness or gentleness, and again, I'm going to use these terms interchangeably in this podcast today. It gives us the idea of controlled strength. Meekness or gentleness is a humble and gentle attitude that trusts the Lord in all circumstances, knowing that they are for our good and his glory. Romans 8.28. So meekness is defined as power under control. And in the life of a believer, it is being under the control of God's spirit. We're free from any revenge or bitterness in our relationships. A gentle or meek spirit should be how we relate to God and our relationships with others. So how do we cultivate gentleness? All right. We can't develop this character trait on our own. The character traits Jesus mentions in the Beatitudes, they're not natural. They are supernaturally produced. So I picture the Jewish crowd that Jesus was talking to in his Sermon on the Mount. And obviously he's really preaching that to the disciples, but there's other people around hearing. So the Jewish people around that are listening in, they had to be a bit shocked. And even the disciples really, right? Because they're a Jewish crowd too. They had to be a bit shocked at this third pronouncement in the Beatitudes. Instead of their Messiah coming as a mighty conqueror, Jesus comes as one who is meek and humble. In Matthew 5, 5, which um, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount starts in Matthew 5. So Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So let's lay out first what meekness isn't. And I'm going to read an excerpt from Martin Lloyd-Jones, really most excellent book I recommend. It's called Studies in the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to lay this out first. What, what meekness isn't? There, there are people who seem to be born naturally nice. 
This is not what the Lord means when he says, blessed are the meek. That is something purely biological, the kind of thing you get in animals. One dog is nicer than another. One cat is nicer than another. That is not meekness. So it does not mean to be naturally nice or easy to get on with, nor does it mean weakness in personality or character. Still, less does it mean a spirit of compromise or peace at any price. How often are these things mistaken? How often is man regarded as meek who says anything rather than have a disagreement? So that's not meekness. I mean, there are some people who have, like he talked about, they are naturally kind or compassionate. I think sometimes we may look at them and see fruit, what we might consider fruit of the Spirit, but it's not fruit. It's just the way God designed them and the way that they are, but it's not cultivating fruit of the Spirit. So this gentleness here, when um, to begin with, to be able to cultivate it, when we look at the order of the Beatitudes, the first one is poor in spirit, all right? So to even begin to cultivate a true spirit-controlled character trait of meekness, we need to be poor in spirit. Every other character trait in the Beatitudes comes out of this one, all right? It's the reminder that we can do nothing on our own, but only through Christ. So first, we must be in Christ. We must have a personal relationship with Jesus through the repenting of our sins and putting our faith and trust in Christ alone for our salvation. So what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Because I want us to understand this before we can understand what it means to be gentle or meek. This is so important. So God questions describes it as to be poor in spirit is to recognize your utter spiritual bankruptcy before God. It's understanding that you have absolutely nothing of worth to offer God. Being poor in spirit is admitting that because of your sin, you are completely destitute spiritually and can do nothing to deliver yourself from your dire situation. Jesus is saying that no matter your status in life, you must recognize your spiritual poverty before you can come to God in faith to receive the salvation he offers. So when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, he's declaring that before we can enter God's kingdom, we must recognize the utter worthlessness of our own spiritual currency and the inability of our own works to save us, end quote there. So when we're meek, our attitude is one of trusting God and that everything the Lord allows in our lives is good. So again, this is not a natural, this is a spirit-driven character trait, all right? This is one that can only come from those that are in Christ, all right? So when that attitude that we have, that we are trusting in God and that we're reminding ourselves that everything the Lord allows in our life is good, when we're doing that, we won't find ourselves complaining or grumbling because we know that all things have been permitted by his loving, sovereign hand and will be used for our good and his glory. When we understand what it means that God is in total control, then no matter how challenging the relationships and situations in our life, they're going to be looked at with eternal purposes in mind. We can humbly bow before God with a heart that trusts him, knowing that he's continuing to remove that dross in our lives, those things that are unnecessary and unchristlike, right? And allow, he's refining us and allow challenging circumstances to make us more like Christ. That is not a natural response for us. Again, it is a supernatural response. We need to be reminded to trust the Lord in all things because he is at work in all things in our life 
not some things, all things, all right? Everything has a purpose as believers, and it is to make us more dependent on Him and to mold us more into the image of Christ. God has not left us alone in cultivating this gentle spirit. We've been given His Spirit and the Word. We have the gift of Christian fellowship to point us to the truth. When we trust that God is in control, we know that His dealings with us are good, and we don't have to fight for the upper hand or demand our way. If there's been an injustice against us, we can rely on God's strength rather than our own to defend us in His way and in His time and for His purposes. I think of Isaiah 41:17 there. I love putting it this way, all right? Someone who has a gentle spirit is God, is God controlled. So for me to say it, I would say that I desire my responses and my reactions to, to others to be God controlled and not Marcy controlled. Our God is the ultimate example of gentleness, and we see it lived out in the life of Jesus. Jesus gave us the perfect picture of gentleness. See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. That's Matthew 21, 5. And now he offers us his gentleness as a gift. If we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, we will be filled with the fruit of gentleness. The word for gentle in Matthew 21, 5 that I just read is the same Greek word as we saw earlier in Matthew 5, 5 and 1 Peter 3, 4. All right. All right. So how do we do this? We walk daily in fellowship with Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty nine tells us, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. A yoke joins two animals together so that they can pull the plow together as they walk side by side, right? Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you, yoke yourself to me, walk with me and learn from me. I am meek, and this is how you will find rest for your soul. We're not meek by nature. It comes about by the work of the Spirit within us in our lives as Christians, but we will continue to grow in meekness as we walk with and imitate Jesus. So let's talk a little bit about practically what it would look like to live out gentleness, because this is this is the part that's most challenging for us. We know the truth. We know what the Lord calls us to do. We know we're equipped to do it, but what does it look like practically lived out? And this isn't any kind of an exhaustive list again, but I wanted to share some thoughts that have come from my personal application of these truths and from my study time in the Word with you. So as always, I encourage you to do a word study of meekness or gentleness on your own if this is an area of particular struggle in your life for you. I'm not naturally gentle in spirit. I'm pretty opinionated and I like to be right. Um, Pride is something I do battle with daily. Hence, why I'm spending time studying this character trait, because I desire the Lord to cultivate a spirit of gentleness in my life, and I have seen fruit over the years that only can come about by His work in my life. Matthew Henry says, The meek are those who quietly submit themselves to God, to His word, and to His rod, who follow His directions and comply with His designs, and are gentle toward all men. All right, so we can share our point of view but it does not need to be demanding or obnoxious. Being gentle in spirit does not mean being a mute. We have the ability in Christ to communicate calmly. The spirit enables us to treat others in a way that doesn't harbor bitterness or resentment when we've been wronged. 
when we lack gentleness, we'll see ourselves insisting on our own way. We may be difficult to do things for because we're the only ones who can do them right. Ouch, that's not a good place to be. Do we find ourselves to be complainers or grumblers? A thought to always remember is that all people are different, right? And we all do things and think about things different ways. But different isn't always about right or wrong. It's just different. We can make a personal preference a law in our minds and expect everyone to submit to our law. So we need to look into our hearts and see where are we willing to unbend? Do we allow others to make mistakes? Are we quick to say we're sorry? Others in our lives need to know it's okay to make mistakes. We make plenty of them ourselves, right? And God's love for us doesn't change. Our love for others shouldn't change or our acceptance of them because of their mistakes. How do you respond when your ideas aren't accepted? Not just in situations at home, but in church or at work. Do you kindly give your opinion and then pray and let the Lord do his work? Listen, there's going to be times, I get it, when we need to correct someone as truth cannot be compromised, but in what manner do we do it? Are we able to speak graceful words in truth and love? We can deal with our children in a loving, firm way that's not given to anger when needed. In Christ, we're equipped to do this. We have people in our lives that may be challenging to deal with. It may be a husband or a child or a friend. These are people we are close to daily. Are we gentle in our responses to them? If there's areas in our lives that change is needed, do we give them time to change? Change is a process, not an event. Someone who is gentle in spirit gives people time to change. Maturity in Christ takes time. None of us will ever be perfect here on this earth, but we can have high expectations of others that they just aren't even mature enough to reach. When we put our expectations on others and they don't meet them, we're going to find ourselves responding to them in anything but a kind and gentle spirit. We need to let the Lord work in the lives of others in his timing, and we need to continue to be a loving light for Christ in their lives. We are a light for Christ by using encouraging words, by offering much grace, by showing patience, by speaking truth in much love and loving them where they're at. I think of Ephesians 4.29 needs to all be in all of our memory banks. The beautiful thing about being in Christ is that God doesn't just save us and leave us. He continues to change us and mold us more into the image of his son. But it's his timetable, not ours. So gentleness, it's hard, right? It's not hard to be gentle and kind to those who are nice to us. The hard part of the problem comes in when we have challenging situations or relationships with others. But we need to be reminded that we're not alone in this. Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So if we take a quick look at that at Philippians 4, 5, two things stand out to me. First, Paul says to all and the Lord is near. The apostle Paul knew it was hard, but the Lord is near to us to help. It's his power that we need to rely on to guide us and protect us. It's only by his grace that we can be gentle people. He didn't expect us to do this on our own. So seek him and his word and prayer and ask the Lord to cultivate a gentle spirit in your heart and life. 
ask those, this can be hard, but ask those who are closest to you, because it may be hard to hear, and you may not be ready to change, right? But this is an area we need to. So I'm going to start the sentence again here. Ask those closest to you, where do you lack in gentleness? Be aware of where do you insist your own way? Or who are you most critical? Who do you have the most trouble responding kindly towards? And I know as I said that we can all have somebody come into our heads. I mean, the reality is I may be difficult for somebody else. (laughs) We have difficult people in our lives, so we may be somebody else's difficult person. All right, so why, why do we desire the Lord to change our hearts? So we can bring him more honor and glory. And so we can point others towards him as the only one who can change hearts and minds, right? Meekness begins with God. And therefore, whenever we see a person like that, God is the one who deserves to get the glory. When others are curious about the change within you, it gives you an opportunity to share of the hope that is within you. Think 1 Peter 3.15 there. And it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Ask God to give you meekness. James 1.5 reminds us, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Then James describes the wisdom God gives. James 3.17 tells us, the wisdom from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. My prayer is, ladies, that we become those women who are known for their gentle and forbearing spirit, that the Lord would help us to control our harsh tongue and our rash judgments, that we would think the best of others. I pray that we would ask the Lord to help us discern his hand in all areas of our lives, knowing that even when we face trials and difficulties, that he's working all things for our good and his glory. I pray that he'll help us to walk with Jesus Christ so that the meekness of Christ will be evident in our lives. May we have a reputation for gentleness and may we give all glory to God. Jesus is enough always. So my friends, thank you for taking the time to listen in today. And as always, for the scripture references and show notes, like any quotes I read long, like the got questions or the um, outline of biblical usage dictionary quote, they're going to be over at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. Next week, there's going to be an encore episode up on ideas to help us celebrate a Christ-centered Christmas. I want to put that one up early to listen to. If you did listen to it last year, you probably maybe like me, can use it again. We just need that reminder. So I'm going to throw it up there again because there's just some good resources and things in it. Uh, so I'll put that up again and I'll share the the show notes and stuff throughout social media. If the podcast has been an encouragement to you, I would so appreciate if you would share it with a friend or two who may be blessed by it. And if you have a couple minutes and haven't reviewed it yet on iTunes, I'd be so, so grateful for you to take a moment and do that. Thank you so much for those of you that have done that. It really has been a help in others finding the podcast. So my dear friends, have a very blessed week. Mm -hmm.